Hi there, and welcome to Chimp Chat, a podcast aimed at helping you get the very best from your MailChimp account, brought to you by those clever chimps at Chimp Answers, a MailChimp Pro partner. MailChimp email marketing is just what we do. Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well today uh, and welcome to the uh, second instalment of Chin Chats. Um, I hope you're all doing well today and uh, as is always the case, Chin Chats is a weekly video, it's now turned into a podcast where we basically talk about some of the key things that you need to know about MailChimp and how to make the most of them. For those of you who don't know me, know me my name is Robin Adams. Uh, I'm the owner and founder of Chimpanzas, and uh, lots of people know me as kind of like the Chimp Champ. And joining me again today is uh, the delightful MailChimp Supremo, uh, 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 the delightful Vicky Glass. Morning, all right. Hello, Vicky. How are you doing today? I'm all right, thank you. And my title keeps changing every week. Yeah, no, you're always the MailChimp Supremo. It's just oh, okay. whether, de- yeah. whether you're delightful or you're glorious. Or, I've got lots of different <laughs> words I can use to come back. So uh, thanks for joining us again today. And today we're going to be talking about probably the most important email that you're ever going to send. It really is a very important email. And unfortunately, it's one that quite a few people don't actually realize the importance of. When we go and look in, so when myself I look at accounts or Vicky looks at accounts, one of the first things that we always ask when we look into the account is, is this uh, an, an account that's got a welcome email in place? All right. And a lot of people don't have it. But the fact is that welcome email is the most important email that you're ever going to send to someone. So from that first thing, the first tip, and we'll do this for free before we get into the details. If you haven't got a welcome email, get one, (laughs) set one up. They're very easy to set up. Now, obviously, there are some ways of doing it, and we'll talk about those as we go through. But to start off with, if you haven't got a welcome email, get one. You really should be having something like that in place. It's really, it's really it is the most important email, isn't it, Vicky? Yes, yes, it is. It's, there's no getting around that at all. Brilliant. Okay. So on the assumption that you have got a welcome email, uh, let's focus in on some of the things that really matter when it comes to welcome emails and some of the tips and advice that we can kind of like, that we've gathered over our years of experience in what makes a good welcome email. All right. So Vicky, when I talk about a good welcome email, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, oh, the first thing is actually telling me who you are, who the person is, and what I've actually si- um, signed up to, and just confirming that. So that's first that comes to my head, really. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like one of the first. It, yeah, it's that. It's that speed, isn't it? The the, the yes. email should be automated. Let's be honest here, um, because usually it's sent to someone who's literally just signed up. And when they sign up, they've taken an action and the welcome email is almost your response to the action. So it needs to be going almost instantaneously, if possible, shouldn't it? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, And also, I think people sort of forget, they don't think of the first email that goes after someone signs up as a welcome email, but it's actually, it is technically a welcome email, but it's somehow it's quite separate. So thanking someone for for subscribing may not seem as a welcome email but it is the first time they've come across your email so you that's the first time you actually welcome them onto your list um so yeah it's just to sort of try and merge that into your welcome sequence even though they might seem like a separate thing 
Definitely. One of the things, obviously, as you start getting a little bit more complicated and have got a variety of different ways of getting into a database, you may end up having kind of like what I call like a, a confirmation email to start off with, which is kind of like, so if it's a, if you've got a, a, a free gift on your website, a free guide, then the first email should be sending that guide. And then you can go into another email pretty straight away from a welcome point of view. But for a lot of you who haven't got welcome emails at the moment, don't overthink it. Don't think, oh, I need to have a little confirmation email here and then another one here for this one here. The fact is you've probably only got one form on your website. And if you've got one form on your website, don't overthink it. Just make sure that the first email that they get is directly linked to when they sign up. Because if you're waiting for them to, uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. If, if they sign up and then because you've not got it automated, you've got to wait for a day or so to actually send that email back, the you know, the welcome email back to them, they're probably going to forgotten the fact that they signed up. And they're going to be there going, hang on a minute, what's this email about? And that's why speed really matters. It's kind of like making sure that you've got that um, instant response so that people will more likely open and engage it. Okay? And, and that's really important. You want to make sure that people are opening and engaging with email. Now, the fact is that we already know that welcome emails are one of the most engaged um, emails that you're ever sent, which is why we call them the most important one. A welcome email is four times more likely to be opened and seven times more likely to be clicked than any other email you send. And those are stats that come from Experian. They did some research into this a couple of years ago. All right. So if you want your emails to be open and engaged, and let's be honest, who doesn't, then you really need to have a welcome email. Okay, and obviously all that engagement gives us another benefit, doesn't it, Vicky? Oh, yes, it definitely does, because they've signed up and they're waiting for that email. So once they've opened it up, you're sort of sending a, a message to MailChimp, to email service to go, oh, your your email content is good. So we're going to keep delivering your content to, to more people and we're going to keep sending it to the inbox and it's not going to end up in spam. So it definitely helps your deliverability when people open and engage your email. It just sends that little um can't find the word for it but it sends a little note back to say that your content is good and that your content should be seen by people and it's worth engaging with it gives you that little extra bit of juice so you're obviously yeah, yeah. you're always juice, what I was looking for. there you go yeah it, it's yeah. it's you're always trying to get you know maximize the chances of your emails going into the inbox and one of the ways that you can do that is by setting a positive loop and that positive loops from people opening and reacting to your emails moving forward. Yeah. And obviously, if they're more likely to open a welcome email, then if you've got one, they'll open it. And as Vicky said, you get the juice, which means that your next email is more likely to go into the inbox because the inbox provider, be it Gmail or Yahoo or AOL or whatever, they look back at the history and go, oh, they opened the first email. So that means they must like it. So I'm more likely to put the next email into the inbox. So welcome emails are not just about creating engagement with people. They're very much about improving the deliverability and improving your chances down the track of getting into the inbox. So that's really important. OK. OK. Um, so we've talked a little bit about how um, welcome emails integrate with some of the other emails. And like I said, if you've not got a welcome email at the moment, don't get confused. Just create a welcome email. 
And if you have got other different sign-up points, what you're probably going to do is create a, like a sequence where the first email in that sequence is relevant to where someone signed up. And then the second, third, and fourth sequences would be the type of things that would kind of like form what I'd call a more traditional welcome sequence. So when you're looking at a traditional welcome sequence, or even just a single email, Vicky, what actually needs to go into that email? What are the things that when you're when you're working on a client and you're advising them of what needs to go into a, their first email, what would you recommend they put in? The first email um, usually is a little bit about you, about your business, about your company, but it's something that relates to the person who's signed up. Um, that's usually what I tell people and also what they should expect by being on your list. So if someone signed up for your newsletter, you then tell them, I'll be sending you a monthly email or I'll be sending you a weekly email. Um, it's going to be about this content and this is how I'm going to help you with my email. So it, it also can be, it's one of those emails where you can put too much in as well. So I always like to tell them just have one call to action. Um, but yes, the first thing is usually tell them about you, about what you do and how you can help them, but try and break that down a little bit more. Definitely. That's that's really good advice. This is the first it's it's you know, I was speaking to a client a couple of days ago and, and, and talking about sending emails, like anything in marketing, is almost like best analogy is dating. You know, it's like you're, <laughs> you're but you're trying to create that first impression. So yes. what you want to do in that first email, it's like you're on a first date with someone. And, and unlike some first dates where you may not want to continue the relationship, this is one that you definitely do. So you want to go into that thinking, well, what do you need to tell the other person in that first date that's going to mean that they're going to want to go on a second date or a third date? And it's like, it's the same with email. You're saying in that first email, what's what's in that first email can you put in that's going to encourage people to go, oh, actually, I'm going to look out for the second and the third email. I'm going to take action. So building those things are really important. Now, obviously, we're talking here about one specific email, but also an email, a welcome email can be a welcome email sequence. So what other things might you want to put into kind of like the second and third and maybe even a fourth email um, to build up that sequence that you can send over a period of days? Oh, the, the possibilities are endless. It obviously depends on your business. But one thing that people love is when an email is about them. So if you make an email about subscribers, so you tell them how you can help them, direct them to a nice blog post. Video is doing quite well these days. So um, that sort of thing usually works well. Something that relates to the, to, 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 to the subscriber, something that gets them to take action. So you could say, oh, this is, um, this is your pain point right here. And here is how I can solve that problem. And then they'll go, right, I'm going to click on that link and do something. So, so usually the second email, I like to make it about the subscriber. Um, so that's something else you could add in. Um, yeah, my man has gone blank now. Uh, I'll give you, I've got two, two other things I always find is quite useful. One is your story. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of those as well. So your background, if you have a um, unique selling point, add that in as well. Something that makes you stand out um, from other types of businesses or other types of um, um, people in yeah. your niche. That's, that's usually a good thing to add in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then building on that and using that story as an idea. Or, you know, tell them how you got started. Tell them why you are so passionate about what you do and what makes, like Vicky was saying, what makes you different. You know, that passion nowadays, because everything's being done online, because it's all being done through distance and Zoom and emails and Slack and whatever, trying to create that connection is not as easy. 
But when you're vulnerable in an email, when you're saying, you know, I remember when I back home started, it was hard. We did this, we did that. But we had this undying belief that what we were doing was the right thing to do. That is much more likely to resonate to people. And people want to hear it. Remember, this is still there. They're still in that the blooms of, a, of an early relationship. They want to know about who you are and what you stand for. And I think that's really important. Something that I always try and you know work with when I'm working with clients is what do you stand for? You know, what why why should I buy from you? Why should I engage with you? And I think that's something that's really important to try and get across because that's where you're going to start creating that engagement and you move that relationship from literally a Google statistic to actually almost a one-to-one relationship, although albeit through email, where you're doing that. And I think one of the last thing that I would certainly recommend if you haven't got a, a specific email in your welcome sequence, I love to do a little case study or have a couple of testimonials in there. Um, that's really quite powerful. So maybe the last one in the sequence is like a story of one of your customers and, and try and do it so that it's not in your voice, but it's in the voice of the customer. Because obviously what you want is you want the recipient to identify with the person who's talking in that email and go, oh, they sound really happy. I want to be that happy. And that's really what you should all do with all of your case studies is try and drop something like that in. Um, I've certainly seen those really, and, I'm, and I know you've you've seen a number of people have used case studies really powerfully. Yeah. They're quite creating that connection is really really useful. And yeah. another thing that just popped into my head was also the language you use in your welcome email. Sorry, something that popped into my head is the language you use and how you present yourself. Because some people go for you know jokes jokes in there. Some people make it quite formal. So it's just trying to use the language that represents you and don't try to don't try to force it and make it you know not re, uh, not represent your brand. Just try make something that relates to your audience. So if you know you have an audience that's fairly informal, then use informal language. If it's formal, then use that. But having a little bit of a joke always goes well and a yeah. bit of a jokey tone. But yeah. yeah. It needs to be natural. It needs to be who you yeah. are. you know I think that's re- that needs to come across because they're buying you, they're buying your business. So that personality matters. Uh, really, really important and that's sort of and one of the quick point which I know whenever I speak to a, a client they'll they'll usually mention is I'm really worried about sending people lots of emails. So it's like, why do I have to send them four emails in the first like week and a half? And and what I try and do is explain to them, people are into you. They 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 want to be in. They they want to know because they've actually taken action. In most instances, said they put their hand up and said, "I'm interested in your business." And it's probably the, the time that they're the most interested in your business because it's new. It's it's different. They yeah. don't know much about you. So, not that you can. I use the, not not that I'd suggest that you're getting away with sending too many emails, but certainly they're going to be much more engaged with the emails. And and I say this, and this isn't just about welcome emails. It's about every email that you send. Yeah. Getting into an inbox is a privilege. It's no longer a right, and you need to earn that privilege every single time. And that's down to making your emails interesting and fun, and emails that want to read. People want to read. So it doesn't matter whether it's welcome or whatever. If, if I could say to you, so, if, so Vicky, if I was to send you an email every day, your immediate reaction is going to be too much, too little? Oh, if you send, if you send an email every day, 
it will probably be hmm depending if it's you then it'll be fine i'm definitely up for that because i know who you are i know you'd be good content but you know <laughs> if it's someone else i'm like go, hmm that's a bit much but if it's someone i already know someone i've signed up for a daily email then definitely i'll be up for that because i'm expecting that i know what i signed up for yeah so and if, yes and if, and if, but if each of those emails was was you knew they were going to be interesting engaged yeah. you look forward to it you'd yeah. open it wouldn't I'll you look, yeah and, that's yes, and even if I and even if I forget to open one, I could do I could say, right, oh, I haven't looked at your emails. If I'll go and open all of them because I know they've got so you know, I don't necessarily have to open all at the same time when they arrive, but I know, oh, I missed the last few, I'll go back and look at them. So yeah. yeah. And, and that's why you should never be worried about sending too many emails. Mm -hmm. You should be worried about sending too many bad emails or not engaging yeah. emails. That's yeah. really what this is about. So if your emails are fun, interesting, you know, it, it's almost like if I was to send you a letter, a physical letter every day for three weeks, you'd be, uh, and none of them were interesting, you'd be like, why are they sending these letters to me? If, however, I put a £5 note into every one of those letters that I sent to you, your, your reaction is going to be a lot better, isn't it? You're like, ooh, I get £5 every day. But think of that. That's what you're doing when you're sending content. You're sending value to people. And yeah. it's the equivalent of, you know, you know, you can't put a £5 note into an email, as it were, but you can cut really interesting content. Yeah. A welcome email sequence is just as important as anything else. Yeah. Brilliant. And one last thing that, that I always suggest to people, um, and not many people kind of like take advantage of this, but it's a real cool tip, is in that first email that you send to someone, in the PS, so underneath your signature or whatever, in the PS, mm -hmm. ask a question and ask people to reply. So just yeah. say, why did you sign up to this newsletter? Or what's your biggest problem? Or let, let's say you're a painter and decorator and say, what's your favorite wall, cover, wall covering? Is it paper? Is it paint? Is it whatever it is? Okay. But ask them a question that they want to reply to. And the reason you do this is, is a number of real big benefits. Number one, when they reply to the email, that's another positive signal that your emails are good, which means future emails are more likely to go into the inbox. You know, let's face it, if you're replying to emails, that means they're not spam because you don't reply to spam emails. And that's a real powerful signal to get some. And obviously, you also get the fringe benefit of, of getting using that almost as to gather some information and feedback from your clients. Now, you don't have to promise that you're going to respond to any of these. In fact, you know, in a lot of the times when I've done this, I don't necessarily promise a response. But it's really useful to understand what their situation circumstance is. And if they come back with a long question, which obviously implies that they've got a real problem that I can potentially help, then obviously I can then go back to them and actually have that conversation. But one little tip I'd very much recommend if you aren't doing it at the moment, put a little PS in your welcome email and ask people to just reply and tell us what your biggest X problem is with X whatever you do i think that's really useful it's something that i know that i've done and i know that you've done as well haven't you vicky it's really really cool right okay um if you've got any questions if you're watching this live uh, or even if you're watching on replay and if you are watching on replay just use the hashtag replay so that we know that you've actually watched it if you can just uh, pop a comment into the group and ask a question so if you've got any questions with regards to welcome emails those types of emails We'll have a look and see if anything comes out and we'll answer them. But in the meantime, what I'm going to do is go back to one of our now regular features, which is looking back in the Facebook group. Uh, that's the MailChimp Answers Facebook group. If you're watching it now, then you're probably in the Facebook group. 
um, and actually look at some of the questions that come through. And I like to pick one or two questions and see what kind of like, see if there's any kind of like advice or tips. Now, this is one that Vicky did answer earlier this week, but I think it's worthwhile coming back to it because it, it's kind of like, it's quite shows some of the things that you can do now with MailChimp. Uh, and this question is about tags. All right. And the question came from Sherry Ricks. Uh, and she asks, I'd like to make a tag almost disappear after a certain frame of time. So I'm going to tag someone, say, on January 1st. And on December the 31st, I want to take that tag off. Is this something that you can do in MailChimp? What do you reckon, Vicky? Oh, yes, definitely. And with the new customer journeys, you can do a lot of things with those. Um, yes, it's just a case you might need two customer journeys, but yes, you can use that at a time delay in there and remove the tag after that time delay is gone. So in this case, after a year, you set it up to remove the tag and then trigger anything else you need to on a different customer journey. But customer journeys is the way to go with this yeah. one. Now, the only downside is with customer journeys is that they're only available on paid accounts or you can certainly accept yes. ones. But even if you're on the essentials account or you're on an old legacy MailChimp account, yeah. What you can do is you've got, uh, I think, up to four steps of uh, customer journey yes. you can use. Yes. So what you can do is if you want to, say, remove a tag after a particular time period, almost the customer journey would, the first step in the customer journey, the trigger would be the tag is applied. So let's say the tag is uh, bought product. OK, so what you then do is you then put a, uh, a delay and the delay would be for 365 days. And then you would put remove tag bought product. Okay, so what that would mean is that after the year, the tag would then be removed, and you can obviously understand. Now, there's lots of cool things you can do now with Mailchimp and the customer journey. We, I mean, we once once you start getting into customer journeys, and there's still things that you can't do, which we're banging on Mailchimp's door regularly to get them to update it and bring in. But the fact that you can now, like for example, when someone is joins a group, uh, you can now say when someone joins a group give them a tag or give them two tags or three tags. There's lots of things that you can do in terms of database management that you weren't able to do before. Um, and, I'm, and I know some of you out there are going, tags, groups, what's the difference? In a few weeks' time, we're going to have a, a um, kind of like a face-off, kind of like, so I'm going to be I'm going to be arguing on the tag side and Vicky's going to be arguing Ooh. on the group side. She doesn't know about this. I've just popped this on her. I love groups, actually, so there that's fine. So I'm, I love tags. So we're going we're, we're, we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna have a death match, tags versus groups, and see who actually, see, see which one wins, as it were. But the fact is that if you want to start managing your data a little bit more effectively, using customer journeys is something that you've never really been able to do before because you always had to associate it with sending an email, didn't you? The old automations. The only way you could update someone was using what was called a post-send action. Now you can just flexibly do it, which is really, really powerful. So uh, yeah. have a look out for that. Um, so hopefully that helped you, Sherry. I know we answered in the group, but hopefully that's given you a bit more detail in terms of how you can manage tags and manage your data a bit more effectively. Okay, so... No one's watching live because it's a Friday evening, it's five o'clock and they're all sitting there in their back gardens drinking their Friday cocktails, as it were. Um, but just because you've not been able to ask a question live doesn't mean that we're not going to pay attention to this. So if you are watching this on replay uh, and you've got a question about welcome emails or whatever, put them in, uh, tag me, Robin Adams or Vicky Glass, uh, and we'll basically come in and, and answer those questions for you because they really are important and we want to make sure that you guys are getting the most from your MailChimp, which is what this is all about, why we're doing these. 
Uh, and welcome emails are definitely something that more of you out there need to actually be using. Cool. Right, a couple of other uh, administration notes, shall we say. So uh, let's go. So what have we got? So first of all, what's going on in the world of uh, MailChimp at the moment? Um, well, first of all, I mentioned this last week, and I'll be banging on about this over the uh, next few months, is the Chimposium. Uh, so if you didn't see the notice or announcement last week, the Chimposium is a live event that's taking place on the 16th of September 2021. Uh, it's going to be a live online event, and it's basically going to be two days of absolutely quality training and material. We're getting together some of the best people who use MailChimp, the MailChimp partners, and they're going to be there talking about all different ways that you can get the most from MailChimp. So they'll be talking about things like deliverability, talking about forms, talking about writing emails, copywriting, all good stuff like that. And we've got fingers crossed that we might even be able to get a couple of guest stars from uh, from the mothership, as it were, over in Atlanta, uh, a couple of MailChimp experts who are actually working at MailChimp who will be able to give a, a real good insight into some of the things that you may not know about MailChimp. And the, the one area that we really want someone to come on, or I'm trying to twist their arm at the moment, is they've got they've got a, a guy who is in charge of deliverability at MailChimp. And he is kind of like the guru of deliverability. And he will be able to come in and give you some really powerful tips on, the, uh, on that side of things. So keep your fingers crossed that we can actually get that person to come along. Um, Another thing I'll mention as well after Chim. Oh, by the way, if you want to register for Chimposium and just get the pre-registration, go and visit Chimposium.com. Nice and simple and easy to remember. So the other thing um, I want to mention is, and we touched on these last time, stores and appointments. A new tool that Mailchimp brought out probably three or four weeks ago, still very much in the infancy. Um, I know none of the people I've worked directly with have been using either of those tools yet. Have you had any experience of playing around with them yet, Vicky? Um, I had a little play with appointments, actually. I was quite intrigued. Um, so I had a quick play, but nothing extensive. Yeah. Um, it looked quite good, quite slick. Um, yeah, it did what it said. You could book it. Um, I think you could select a time and put that form out there um, for the public to use. And yeah, it was. And you could actually, I think you could pay as well for the appointment, oh, if I yeah, remember correctly. Definitely. That's one of the things that, that's what I, when I had a little play, I found the same yeah. thing. You could actually set up paid appointments. So, yes. so, you know, we've got a system that we use already here. If you want to pay for a one-to-one -one session with myself or Vicky or whoever, but if you wanted to, so if you wanted to go in, you could actually do a paid 45 minute session. So let's say you're a beauty therapist and you wanted to, you know, kind of like do, I don't know, have a 45 minute session on eyelashes, obviously something that I know massively masses about, as it were. but you could, you could actually set it up so that you could take payment through MailChimp and actually, uh, and MailChimp would handle that appointment for you. So, but I'll mention this now, if you are using appointments or stores, it would be great to hear from you. Great to put something into the feedback, just get your view on it. Uh, we've got our view and we're going to probably start doing a little bit more digging over the over the next month or so just to broaden our understanding and know what you can get from them. But if you've used them, uh, then it'd be fantastic to get your feedback on what your thoughts about those are. So, again, pop those into the comments. That'd be fantastic to hear. Um, and I think that kind of like wraps up this we promised that it's going to be about half hour. You know, Vicky's got um, daddy daycare in charge, but there's only a set time limit on that. So we've got to make sure we wrap this up within time. Uh, so just to let you know, next week is a session that you definitely do not want to miss because it impacts every single person out there. And 
After forms is probably the most often asked question in the Facebook group. And that is, you know what it's going to be, don't you, Vicky? Yeah. How do yeah. I get into the inbox? How do I avoid the spam yeah. folder? All those bits and pieces. So we'll be diving into a lot of the um Actually, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on a lot of the myths they are about deliverability. And we're going to try and bust some of those myths. Uh, I was involved, I think you might have picked it up on replay. There was a, a MailChimp, this delivery guy who I mentioned previously, he did a, a group session for a lot of MailChimp partners a couple of months ago, which really kind of like focused in on what yes. you need to know about deliverability. And there are a number of myths and I had some of these things I thought they were true, which actually turned out that they weren't true. So we're going to bust some myths on deliverability uh, next week. So hopefully it'll be around back at the same time, going to be 12.30 p.m. GMT. Uh, unfortunately, I got stuck in traffic today, hence we're running a little bit late. Um, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us there. Um, so make sure if you've got deliverability questions or anything like that, make sure you get those in, put them into the group and just make sure you mention myself or Vicky's name, Robin Adams or Vicky Glass, and we'll make sure we pick up them and actually put them into the video. And if you're uh, thinking about deliverability, make sure to tune in. It's something you really do not want to miss. Oh, yes. So there we go. Any last thoughts, Vicky? Um, so I think just going back to the welcome email, um, essentially if you haven't got one set one up and just don't don't overthink it don't complicate it just when someone signs up send them an email it could just be thank you for signing up tell me what your biggest problem is just make it short simple if you can't think of what to write but send an email as soon as someone signs up yeah yeah and MailChimp make it really easy you don't necessarily oh, yeah. create a custom automation or whatever if you just go into automations I actually think nowadays it, it, it actually goes, do you want to create a welcome automation? So if you've yeah. not got one at the moment, do that. If you have, then have a look at it, update it with some of the things. And obviously oh, yeah. there are, as you more get more complicated and get more different things, there are lots of different ways of doing it. But I think the one message that, you know, I really want to emphasize, which is exactly what Vicky said, is this is the most important email that you ever send. So make sure that you've got it set up. Set up as an automation and just don't overthink it. Just ask the couple of questions, respond to the way they signed up and make sure you put that OPS in the end, asking for someone to reply and tell them what their biggest challenge, whatever it is that you offer. Uh, and to be honest, you're not going to lose out. There's, there's only a positive that's going to come from setting yes. that up. So definitely do that. Brilliant. Well, thank you for joining me again, Vicky. Uh, yeah, always lovely have to have you here and thanks very much for joining us today if you did join us live uh if you're watching on replay thanks for watching again uh and we hope to see you next week when we're going to talk about deliverability but for now keep chimping thanks for listening and if you found this podcast really helpful then here's what you can do next to broaden your understanding of mailchimp you can join our free facebook group it's the biggest MailChimp support group in the world. Just search MailChimp Answers on Facebook. You can take our free MailChimp Medical to find out the health of your MailChimp account and what you can do to improve it. Just visit chimpanswers.com and follow the prompts. And of course you can get in touch with us. If you like one-to-one -one support, advice, tips or whatever, just visit chimpanswers.com which also has got one of the largest resources of MailChimp blogs and advice available out there to get the information that you need. Thanks again and we'll see you very soon.